Tuesday. And it's Lamed Kislev. The first day of Rishchidosh Tevis. It's the Yom HaMaivir. I'm sorry? It's the transition day between Kislev and Tevis. Kislev has to do with Tater. And Tevis has to do with the goof, with action. But Kislev has to do with Pnimius HaTater. And therefore it stands to reason that Tevis has to do with the goof, with Maite, associated with Pnimius HaTater. Um, here's a Maimir from Tafshin Yud Beis, 1951. It's the first Hanukkah Maimir of the Rebbe's Nesiyas. It's a Vayeshev Maimir, as you can see, it's not a Mikate. Shabbos Mavarchim was uh, Vayeshev. It looks like Rishchidish was Shabbos that year. Rishchidish Tevis was Shabbos. And it also looks like the Rebbe did not make a Fabrengen for Shabbos, Rishchidish, because there's no other Hanukkah Maimir besides for this one. Now, the Maimah I'm learning in two days. This is, we're starting today and we're finishing in Mitzvah Shem on Thursday. This is a Maimah. Before I learn with you the Maimah that I want to learn with you today, I want to tell you the Maimah I'm going to learn with you on Thursday. In other words, my introduction, my pitch, is the part of the Maimah we're going to learn on Thursday. And then I'll teach you the part of the Maimah we're supposed to learn today. This is, predictably, a Maimah within a Maimah. The beginning and the end is Vayeshev. The middle, the body, most of the Maimir is Hanukkah. We are going to be doing today, with Hashem's help, of course, Vayeshev. And the Hanukkah Belineder on Thursday. But So before I do the Vayeshev, let me tell you the Hanukkah Ian that we're going to be having on Thursday. It's a new Indian. You know, you think you've heard it all? I just came across a word from the Rebbe which is so wonderful. It's honestly different than anything I've ever heard from the Rebbe uh, in conjunction with Hanukkah. And it really sheds a whole new light into Hanukkah, I think. And that is the following. All of us know the concept of Padre B'Shalom. That's a classic Yitas Kislev theme. Right before Hanukkah, you just kiss us, you have a Padre B'Sholem theme. Um, what is the idea of Padre B'Sholem? The idea of Padre B'Sholem goes like this, that when there is only one, there's only one, there can be no peace. Why when there's only one there can be no peace? Because there can be no contention, there can be no war. The whole idea of Sholem is peace means you have conflict, you have Division, you have duality, and Padre B'Shalom, you have to create peace between the duality. Which, as I said to you a minute before, this is Taka Y, Kislev, and Sivan, which are the third months of the winter and summer, respectively, are called connected to Torah. Torah is Shalom. What is the peace of Shalom? You have one and two, and then you have the third, which makes peace between the one and the two. You can only have peace if you have division. When you have division, you create peace. However, when you have a conflict and amongst the combatants within the conflict you wish to enter in Shalim there's two levels the first level is uh, Milchama, war and the second level is Shalim in other words you're starting off with a conflict starting off with a war two nations are fighting two people are fighting two souls within a person are in conflict at war it's a Muhammad. The idea of 
conflict resolution can only exist when you have that kind of a conflict. And in as much as conflict resolution is concerned, in other words, you have contentiousness, you have division, you have duality, and you need to bring peace, you need to create harmony between the two, there's two levels. The first level is called mitaych mochama, two sides fight, whether it's two nations or it's two people or it's two yitzrim. And they bloody each other. But right? Who wins a war? The Rebbe said this once. Who wins a war? The one who loses less. It's as simple as that. Nobody wins a war. In a, in, in a war, except for the war that the Yidin fought with the B'nai Midyan, that Leinifkad, Menu Ish, it's not a question of who loses. It's a question of who loses more. The loser, the Pshat, he can't afford to lose anymore. It's as simple as that. Two sides fight and the person beat each other up. Everybody loses. Some people kipshute, and on every other level, war is a terrible, terrible thing. Everybody loses. Never then one loses to the point that he can't afford to lose anymore. So he becomes the loser. The other one loses and survives. Loses so much that there's still something left for them to lose that they can afford. While their opponent loses what they can't afford to lose, they become the victor. That's such winning a war. So Muhammad, two sides fight, they bludgeon each other. You, you bruise each other, you bloody each other. The one who loses, the they can't afford to lose anymore. That's such Muhammad. So you have a war. One side wins, the other side loses. But it's not the shot one side wins and one side loses. It's the shot one side loses and can't afford to lose anymore. So Hasidah states the obvious. Any time you have a mulchama where one side loses and the other side loses more, that's not a real victory. Why not? Because the loser is going to lick its wounds, heal its wounds, reorganize itself and fight another day. Because there wasn't a victory. There was a loss. The winner didn't win. The loser lost. And when the loser loses... The loser tries again and fights again. It's as simple as that. Unless you have Padabishon. What's like Padabishon? Two sides fight. And they bloody each other. And they bruise each other. And they kill one another. But one doesn't win because the other lost. One wins because they have a koyach. A weapon. Whatever that weapon is that makes the war a non-war. And that's like Padabishon. Padabishon means one time side has a weapon, has a technique, has a method, has a kayach that renders the opposition a non-opposition. When you have Padabishalom, two sides they fight. But the way the war ends, it's not because one side lost. Because the other side came up with a technique, with a method, whatever that is, that renders the war a non-war, then the opponent doesn't want to fight anymore. Like the Lashna Apostle, the enemy just says to the friend, the loser says to the vanquished, just let me be your friend. That's a real victory. An example, the Gashmis would be the atom bomb. Right? The Japanese were fighting with the Americans. And they were going to fight literally to the last drop of blood. The Japanese knew they couldn't win the war. And they, but they had this, this stupid pride, which said that death is better than Surrender is better than giving in. You know, the Japanese was so cruel to the POWs, to the American POWs, because to them, there's nothing worse than being taken prisoner. The Japanese culture said you die in the battlefield. There were no Japanese prisoners in the beginning of the war. That they convinced the Japanese prisoners that they'll treat them nicely. 
And until the Japanese realized that the Americans mean it, they were pushed at committing suicide. And the Japanese would lose a battle. Even civilians would jump off cliffs. There's a famous event. Because the, the idea to the Japanese that you, you surrender, that you give in, was worse than death. So they were going to fight to the last. We dropped the atom bombs. And the Prime Minister of Japan finally woke up from his being a god and became a human being. And he decided that they're not going to fight anymore. But when the Japanese surrendered, the same Mesiras Nefesh was put into dying, was put into making fun of the Americans. Brother Michel, there was a war, a terrible war, but the war wasn't won because one lost. The war was won because one won, defeated the opponent in a way that Gamma Oiv of Yashlem Ime, the enemy, wants to be your friend. That's like Padam Ochoma, Padam Bishal. There's a Ruch Nizdikapadabishalam. And of course, the Ruch Nizdikapadabishalam, the very first Padabishalam is David Amalek. And the very first Padabishalam is David Amalek in the very end of his life, in his 37th year of his reign. He was a king for Sahak of 40 years. At the very end of David Amalek's life, David Amalek says, Padabishalam. What was the context of the Padabishalam, the war, the civil war between David Amalek and his own son of Shalom? That's when the Padabishalam took place. Now, what was David's secret weapon? David's secret weapon was Tillim. David said Tillim. And the Chazal say, Anshi Avsholem's soldiers prayed that David would survive. Imagine you're being on a, uh, fighting a war and wanting to win and praying that your opponent's king survives. You understand? In a war, people fall. You're fighting an Avshalom side and you want Avshalom to win. You want Avshalom to conquer his throne, but there's something inside of you that's saying, Oi, I hope David doesn't get killed. What kind of warrior are you? How can you fight? David Amalek's Tilim got into the heads of Avshalom soldiers. They wanted to win, but they didn't want David personally to be killed. And that was the end of that war. That's the Taich Padavishal. It's not where one team won because the other lost, but because one team found a weapon, found a tool, found a method that made it a non-conflict. And it's, it's the only kind of victory that's a true victory when the when the opponent doesn't only lose, but he's transformed on some level into a non-fighter. He doesn't want to fight with you. He wants to be friends with you. Such so there were no casualties? There were plenty of casualties. We're talking about how it ended, not how it was fought. And of course, we will see this. There's a Reba Madregis of Padre Bishal. There's David Amalek's Padre Bishal. There's Shleim Amalek's Padre Bishal. There's the Alter Rebbe's Padre Bishal. There's the Middle Rebbe's Padre Bishal. There's the Friedrichel Padre Bishal. And there's the Padre Bishal of Mashiach. In all cases, the criteria is the same. There's a war. And wars are not good. Nobody wins a war. Padre Bishal means not where one, the war ends because one loses, but the war ends because the other wins. And he wins because he has such a weapon, such a tool that makes it a non war. So David Amalek's time, this was David. Times the Alter Rebbe, it was Pnimiyas Hatayda Chesidus Tayda Bechlalas Shalom Pnimiyas Hatayda, especially Chesidus, that makes it Pader B'Shalom. Says the Rebbe, there's two Madrigim in Pader B'Shalom. The first Madrigim in Pader B'Shalom is like all the Pader B'Shaloms until Mashiach. The second Madrigim in Pader B'Shalom is the Pader B'Shalom that's going to be when Mashiach comes. What's the difference? The difference is the Pader B'Shalom until Mashiach. First, you have a fight, you beat each other up. And after you fight, you beat each other up. You have this secret weapon which ends the war not just because one loses but because the other wins. There's a mulchama, there's a biru, there's a struggle. But in the end, it's Padre B'Shalom. The victory is fought by Derech Shalom. The second Madregim Padre B'Shalom is that there's no war in the first place. That this secret weapon affects that there's no fight l'chadchile. In other words, in both cases, there's a Padre B'Shalom. 
In both cases, there's a Pada Bishalom. In both cases, it's not that one loses, but the other wins because he has this weapon of Sholem, which makes it a non-war. But in the first category, the Pada Bishalom is you fight. But the reason you win and the level of the victory is called Pada Bishalom because you have this secret weapon, this Keich The second Madrege in Pada Bishalom, the Tzachachilin no fight. So you have two Madreges in Pada Bishalom. How Pada B'Shalom happens till Mashiach comes, and how Pada B'Shalom is going to happen after Mashiach comes. One Pada B'Shalom is first is the Muhammad. After the Muhammad, the Pada B'Shalom makes the war a non-war. And the second Madrege in Pada B'Shalom is that it's a which is so high, which is so transcendent, that makes it into a non-war. The Chathila, there was no fight in the first. Okay. Says the Rebbe, here's the Chat. Chanukah is Pada B'Shalom. Chanukah is Pada B'Shalom. Why is Hanukkah Pada B'Shalom? Because we didn't win the war of Hanukkah on the battlefield. It wasn't a soldier against a soldier. There was no war. A soldier against a soldier was Rabbi Miyad Miyatim, Tmeim and Tehidim, Shayim and Tzadikim, Zaydim and Eiski Seyed Asech. The battlefield was won because of a godly Koyach and a godly Koyach that came from the Madrega, the highest level of Mesiris Nefesh, as you'll see in Mitzvah Shem when we do the second part of this Maimon on Thursday morning. So Hanukkah was Pada B'Shalom. Hanukkah was Pada B'Shalom. There was a war attack, but the war wasn't won because the Greeks lost. The war was won because there's a Keich and the key that made it into a non-war. It says the Rebbe, but there's two Madregas in the Pada B'Shalom of Hanukkah. The first Madrege is what we say in Val Hanisim. We fought a war. People died on both sides. You didn't have too many people to die, since you can mention Pashat. But nevertheless, people died on both sides, and the pale was a victory in Madrege of Shalom. The Nogzog the Rebbe is a higher Pada Bishalom. What's the higher Pada Bishalom? Finding the Pachashem. Finding the jug of oil, and the Rebbe goes on to say, and the fact that everything about it was miraculous, it didn't only find it, but it was only enough for a day, and it burned for eight days. All these Pratim says the Rebbe, this is the Hayyam Adrega Pada Bishalom. This is the Pada Bishalom, which is going to be the Asad Lava when Mashiach comes. So, why is Hanukkah two Yamim Tayyam? The Shita said Rambam. Right? We don't Paskin like this. How do we Paskin? The Hanukkah is only one Yamtif. What's the Yamtif of Hanukkah? Hanera Salalu, right? We have two prayers, the Allah Nisim and there's the Allah Nisim talks primarily about the Muhammad just mentions the Nadis and there's also about the Nesan Nadis. Right? Rambam holds Hanukkah's two Yamim Tevim. It's the Yamtiv of winning the war and it's the Yamtiv of finding the Shemin. Says the Rebbe, it's two Madregis in Shalom. The war and the victory is al Dalach Padabishalom before Mashiach comes. The Padabishalom of the Nesan Nadis is how it's gonna be Lachari based on Bisam Shaykh Sakintiman. And he says, what's the difference? He says, the first Madrega, Pada B'Shalom, you have to go to the enemy. The second Madrega, Pada B'Shalom, is you sit in the base of Mikdash and the light radiates and shines. That's the word. The war with the Syrian Greeks, you didn't have to go fight. There was a Pada B'Shalom, but you didn't have to go fight. The natives happened in the base of Mikdash, you didn't live in the base of Mikdash, when the Gans of Altic brought a Shalom, brought a Shalom to the whole world. Says the Rebbe, this is why. These are my own words now. Chanukah has these two in Yonim, two Madreges of a Yom Tif. And like I said to you, the Rambam Paskins, that on Chanukah you make a feast to celebrate the victory of the war. You light candles and say hallow to celebrate the finding and the miracle of the Shem and all of his Pirtei Pratim. 
because Chanukah is a Yom Tov B'Sholem on two dimensions. A Pada B'Sholem which is relevant, which can happen B'zman Nazir, and a Pada B'Sholem which is connected to the Yen of Mashiach. I think it's an incredible commentary. To be sure, there's a few words here that are mine. I made it, I crystallized it, if you, feel, if you will. But I did, I did, that's Taka Pshat. That's how the Rebbe learns it. It's two Madregis, a Pada B'Sholem, and Chanukah Guf. Now let's get to the Maimir. But now we have to have a second Hakdama. Hakdama to the Maimir. I taught, this is my, what I'm saying now is my own words, but it's a very, very useful Hakdama to the Shia we're going to learn today. In Hasidus, you have Muhammad and Sholem. I told you, Muhammad and Sholem. War and peace. And I explained to you what that means. War means you fight, you bloody each other. When you win a war, you didn't win a war. Your enemy lost, and the enemy is going to get to more and more. Koyach is going to fight again. Peace means it's decisive. It's over. Why? The enemy doesn't want to fight anymore. The enemy wants to be your friend. So when you learn Hasidus, there's two Madregis in Mulchama and two Madregis in Shalom. There's two categories of a war, which even after you win is a war. And there's two categories in peace that when it's over, it's completely over. But there's two Madregis in this itself. And I'm saying this as a Hagdama to the part of the mind we're going to learn today to give it symmetry, to give it balance. In other words, I'm saying something I don't need to say. I want to give it some kind of a symmetry. What are the two Madregis of war, first of all? The first Madrega of war is called Mulchama. The second Madrega of war is called Cherev Shel Sholem. There's Mulchama and there's Cherev Shel Sholem. Mulchama means you fight with an enemy. What's the Taich Cherev Shel Sholem? An enemy passes through your land to fight with an opponent. If you're situated in a certain country and A is fighting with C and you're in the middle, Allowing A to tra- traverse, to trespass on your land to reach C, that doesn't mean you're fighting. But it means you're involved. It's called Cherev Shel Sholem. It's a sword of peace. Mulchama means you're fighting with the opponent. Cherev Shel Sholem means you're not fighting with the opponent, but you're, invite, you're involved in the conflict. So it says in Hasidus, what's the Ruchnius of Mulchama and Cherev Shel Sholem? The Ruchnius of Mulchama is when a Yid is involved in Gashmias. Like it says in the Zayah, whenever you eat bread, you use a knife. It says, Hasidus, what does it mean whenever you use bread, you use a knife? Whenever you're involved in Gashmis, it's a war. It's a sakana. It's a struggle. There's good and bad, and you have to use it pr- appropriately in an appropriate measure. Otherwise, it becomes kleep, like it ever says in the Maimon. So it's a struggle within a person that you use your Gashmis in appropriate measure and appropriate intent. What's Chedev Shel Sholem Tfilah? Davna. When a yid's davening, he's in shul. He's not involved in the world. He's a cat, he's removed from the world. But he's davening about worldly things. First of all, he's asking Hashem for his gashmias, the kinyan, panasa, health, and so forth. Second of all, the nature of davening is regish, feelings, which is the language of the Yetzirah, Nebshabamis. So because you're emotional when you daven, you're including Nebshabamis in your davening. So for these two reasons, and other reasons, davening is Mulchama also, but it's davening in a safe place. You're diving in shul, you're fighting with the Yetzirah, but you're in your safe territory, you're in a holy environment. You're not diving into Hara on the street, or at your breakfast table, you're diving into Hara in shul. So the two types of Mulchoma, Mulchoma Mamish, and Cherev Shel Shalom. 
on the other side of the spectrum, you have shalom, peace, public shalom. But in shalom itself, you have two madregas. What two madregas? The first madrege is al darach the yidn in the midbar. What happened to the yidn in the midbar? They traveled through the desert with the Aron HaKedosh. The Aron HaKedosh went ahead of them. And it was Manmiach HaSagavoya, Magbias HaNomoch, and heading Mechoshim HaKrabim. Ahead of the Yidin went to Teira. If there was a valley, it raised it up. If there was a hill, it flattened it. If it encountered venomous and poisonous and dangerous creatures, it killed it. So when Yidin went through, it was peace. The Aron HaKedosh that traveled ahead of Kval Yisroh, that was Magbiya Sanomach and Manmechas Agavei and Hed Hoshav Akrav. It wasn't fighting with mountains. It wasn't fighting with snakes. It was Teda. Teda is Shalom. Teda went across the Abish Desert and provided Yidin everything they needed without any kind of a struggle. The Aron Akedish traveled through the Midbar, brought peace to the world. In other words, brought peace to the part of the world that Yidin needed to traverse without any struggle. But there was one criteria, one limitation there was. The Aron had to go to where the conflict was. The Aron couldn't sit in the camp and shine a light that the whole misery becomes flat and all the scorpions and snakes are eliminated. No. The Aron had to go to the place of the conflict and win the conflict in a peaceful way. That's the first category of Shalom. It's Shalom why you're not fighting with the enemy. You're simply shining a light and the enemy is defeated. But you're shining a light in the place of the enemy. Otherwise the enemy is not affected. The higher Madrege is, you sit in your house and you shine a light and the light radiates to the whole world and it eliminates the conflict without even having to go to the Mokam al-Mukham. Two Madreges. The lower Madrege is, it's Padre but you have to go to where the conflict is. The higher Madrege is, you sit where you are and the conflict is resolved. What is the Nimshal? The Nimshal is the difference between all the Padre B'Shalom that we learn about in Hasidus until Allah love it, until Mashiach comes, and the Pada B'Shalom of Allah love it. All the Pada B'Shalom, until Mashiach comes, you have to have, you have a conflict. There's a war. But you win B'Derech Shalom. Mashiach until Allah love it, can be B'Derech Menuch. You with me? So we have two concepts of Muhammad. They're not important for us today. It's just shared for balance. Two concepts of Shalom. And like I said to you earlier, these two concepts of Shalim are the two miracles associated with Hanukkah, the miracle of the nest, of winning the war, which is part of Shalom from a Mulchama, and then there's the miracle of the Meneda, which is in the base Hamikdash, and doesn't engage in any kind of conflict, brings peace to the world, but I don't have to engage in conflict altogether, which is Bedouin the Shalom of the Asad This is the Akdom. Okay? Let's learn the Maimon from the beginning. Yaakov Avinu lives in Megura Yavin in the house of his father in Eretz Kina. He nipidesh aposhet because of who the poshet of pshat is. So Yaakov cover mishava. Yaakov fixes himself a place to live. But Eretz Megura Yavav Yitzchok in the house of his father Yitzchok. Now, all of us learned Chumash, and we learned that the Pashas tell us Yaakov Avinu was born and he gets into trouble with his brother. We learned. Vayetze Yankov leaves home and he gets into trouble with his uncle and Shver Lovan. And we learned in Pashas Vayishlach, Yankov is coming back and he has another problem with his brother and he wins. And then he comes home. In Pashas Vayishlach, Yankov came home and he settled and his father dies. And Esav and Yankov bury him all in Pashas Vayishlach. 
Now, if you know anything about the Chumash, you know that Yitzchak actually passes away after Yosef is taken. But there's many years from the time Yankov returns home until Yosef is taken, and there's also many years Yankov returns home until Yitzchak passes away. Yankov returned home when Yosef was eight. Yosef was kidnapped, was taken away when he was 17. So you have nine years where it was perfect. Everything was gvaldic. Yankov was at home, Yitzchak was alive, Yosef was sitting there studying Tera. After those nine years, you have 22 years when Yankov and Yosef are separate until they'll meet again in Mitzrayim. At some point in the middle of those 22 years, uh, Yankev Avinu loses his father. And if I'm not wrong, it was 12 years on. It was Yankev was home for 9 years. Yosef is kidnapped. 12 more year passes. Yitzhak Avinu passes away. 12 and 9 is 21. Then you have 10 more years, which makes it 31 years. And then uh, Yankev meets Yosef again. So the Rebbe's Kasha is a push at the Kasha. Nine years before, nine years is a long time. But Yava Yankov, Yitzchak Avav again, Yankov comes home. passes away. which was many years after Yankov returns home. Many years, quite a few years. It was twenty-one years after Yankov comes home. Yitzchak Avinu passes away. So when it says in the beginning of Pashas Vayeshev. Yankov has been sitting by Yankov for nine years already. Why are you waking up? Which proves Yankov comes home to his father. He was not just living at home. as He came home and he lived in his father's house for 31 years. In a permanent way. So the question is Why does it take to tell us again? Yankiv was living at home. We already know it from Pashas Vayishlach, and it already happened nine years earlier. It's a very, very gavaldik akash. And for the Rebbe, v'hini isa b'medrash hubagam pishach. The Tzedek says, it says in the medrash, because Yankiv leisha b'shalach. Yankiv is hoping to have peace, and the Eibush says for tzadikim, there's no peace. It's not enough for Tadikim to have an Elam Habah. We're not peace in this world. And we all know what happened. Yosef disappears and it was a terrible, terrible experience. Yankev goes to Mitzrayim and so on and so forth. And the Rebbe says, I don't understand. So this is the Tadis. Wait, this is the Tadis to the Kash. Yankev comes home and he settles and he lives nine years with his father and his son Yosef. Valdik. At the end of nine years, the Tater says again, Vayeshev Yankiv. Why? Because after living with his father and his son Yosef and his whole family, and then it's Canaan and learning and davening and serving the Abish the highest Madrekas. Mittamol is Vayeshev Yankiv, Vikish Yankiv, Vayeshev Yankiv. Something happened to Yankiv Avinu. And at that age, if I'm not mistaken, he was 108 years old, Yankiv reaches a new Madreka. And he says, Ah! The life that I've had until now, which was so wonderful, is not enough. And that's the Bayeshev. In other words, Yankov comes home twice. He comes home when he is 99, and he has a certain degree of Shalva. At the age of 108, he says, I want a higher Shalva. 
And of course, the result of this higher shalva was that Yosef is taken. It says the Rebbe, what exactly is this higher shalva? What did Yankiv want? And the Iker Kasha the Rebbe asks is Mestama Yankiv knew what he was doing. The Yankiv calculated at the age of 108 that the shalva he had for the last nine years is not enough. And he wants a higher shalva. If Yankiv wants a higher shalva, Mestama, he deserves it. And if he deserves it, he should get it. So how come the Ebesh tells him, no, I'm not giving it to you, you're going to get instead the whole Maisem and Yisif HaTzadik. You understand the Kasha? In other words, we're explaining that there's two returning home. The first Shalva, Yankiv is 99, he comes home and Altus Besedet. He turns 108 and he does a meditation, he reaches a higher Madrege, and he says, no, not enough, I want Shalva. And the Ebesh says, lay down. What's the Gishen? What's Yankiv thinking? Why is he wrong? And why is the consequences Gansa lay down that he's going to be punished for it? He's going to lose his son for 22 years. At the end of those 22 years, he's going to be taken off to Mitzayim. Who knows what else? Okay? The Hine. It's seven lines on the end of the paragraph. Kivan Shabikish Yankiv Leishabashalva. If Yankiv asked for this serenity and peace, Hadei Bevade Yodesharoihu. Eskumtim Leishabashalva. If he wants it, he deserves it. Ubefrat. And the proof is. What do we know about Yankov's nature? Shematzinu, Shayankov hayayore. Yankov was afraid, Shamayigre machet. Yankov was always afraid, maybe he doesn't deserve it. Remember? So if all of a sudden, Vimken Kashabigish Leishev Bishalva, Yankov wants peace, Harebevada Yoda, he knew for sure, Shamagilam Adregizu. He's whole nine years, the Rebbe says in one of the Sikhs, he had nine years of Shalva. What does he want now? He's sitting with his father and his son Yosef and the rest of his family for nine years learning and davening and serving the Ebeshtet. That's the first question. And the second question, if he wants it, he deserves it. Why did they get onto this trouble for wanting it? He reached a level. He deserves it. And the Rebbe qualifies the question. It says the Rebbe in the last words on that paragraph, That's the Rebbe's cash. Now let's go to the end of the Maimed, please, which is page Kuf Tzadik Beis. The Maimed about Hanukkah will learn at Hashem Blinedet, with Hashem's help, of course, on Thursday. What's the Rebbe's Teretz? The Rebbe's Teretz goes like this. I want you to know, this word that you have here in the Maimed, this is the very first Maimed of Yeshev and Hanukkah of the Rebbe's Nesis. This is the first one, Yud Beis. The Rebbe's, <laughs> the Rebbe had the same idea in the Kutasichas, in a different signal. The answer that the Rebbe gives that there's a lot of madregas of Shalvah. A lot of madregas of Sholom. Yankiv already has Shalvah. He got Shalvah when he was 99 and he returned home to his father and his family. When he turns 108, Biki Yankiv, Eshiba Shalvah, Yankiv says, I want a higher Shalvah still. What was the higher Shalvah that he wanted? He wanted a Shalvah of Elam Habam. In other words, in the language of this the introduction, that there's two Madreges in Sholem. First Madreges in Sholem is the war is one peacefully, but at least you have to go to where the conflict is. The second Madreges in Sholem is that you don't have to leave from your place, and just by sitting in your place, the peace affects the whole world. The first Shalva Yankov has already. Yankov wants the second Shalva. What's the second Shalva? The Shalva of Elam Haba. You know what the Rebbe says? He deserved it. And in a way, he even got it. What was the problem? His children didn't deserve it. The world wasn't ready for it. 
So what's like Bikish Yankov Leisha B'Shalva? Yankov already has nine years of Prada B'Shalim. In the Madriga, you go to where the Muhammad is, you fight and you win B'Derek Shalom. Yankov is 108 years old and he wakes up Bikish Yankov Leisha B'Shalva. I want a higher Shalom. What kind of Shalom do I want? I don't want to have a Shalom where you fight and you win B'Derek Shalom. I want to have a Shalom on the Madriga, which is a Chachil of no Muhammad, which is the Shalom of Lasad Lavi. And the Abisha says, You want? You got it. But there's a problem. You deserve it. The world around you and the people around you don't deserve it. So there's only one way to give you that childhood. You got to go through Yasef and go to Mitzrayim. You go through Yasef and you go to Mitzrayim. You'll have your childhood. Everybody else is going to have who knows what. It says that where I put the number you'd base. And Rashi says, "Bikish Yankev Leishev Eshal Yankev wants peace." Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu Zagar Almighty, Leidayin Esdikim Bechulu. Zagarebe Vahainim Vazed. The pshat is as follows: She Yankev Choshev Yankev is thinking. She Kvari He is man. The time has already arrived. The Vahayirudim Mederech Mucham Menuch. You clarify the world in a peaceful way, and not only you clarify the world in a peaceful way. You don't even have to have a conflict, which is without peacefully just oil. Oilam Haba Lasad Love. He says, Kvar love He went through love And he went through Esau. So now we continue, Vahainu, seven lines into the paragraph. Yankim is thinking, Mashiach is ready to come. And the Mashiach is ready to come, you can have not only Shalom, which he already had for nine years, but a higher Shalom. What's the higher Shalom? You sit in your place and the world is elevated. Shalei Yitzhadach laded le Mitzrayim. No need to go into Mitzrayim. You sit in your land in serenity and peace in the holy land. Nez Kenan. Says the Rebbe, the higher Shalom. The Shalom of Lost Love. And the Rebbe says, Omnom Yankov was right. He was right. What was the problem? He doesn't live in a bubble. Though, from the perspective of Yankov, the righteous man. He was prepared not just stand for Shalom, but the higher Madrega of Shalom. The problem was he lived in a world. The world was not ready for the Shalom that he was holding on. And therefore, Yankov goes into Egypt, which he didn't want to do. Right? He wants to, he's thinking the higher Madrega part of Shalom. What's his miscalculation? He looks at the world through his own glasses and doesn't realize that the world is not in the Madrega where he is. And the Rebbe says, It says in Gemara, In terms of Golos, you should go into Golos with chains. But Yankov didn't go into Golos with chains. He went with the greatest covet, He his own worthiness. Because he was taka holding by no need for Golos. The world needed a Golos. His family needed a Golos. He didn't. And therefore the whole family of Yankov Avinu went into Golos Ba'agolos Shosholach Le'yesif In Yesif's wagons Kum Tachreif Yankov wishes for something And he's calculating correct but incorrect For himself he's right He's the only man on the planet Mashiach comes right away He's not correct because he's not the only man on the planet He has a family And there's a world And the family he has And the world he lives in is not prepared So the Abish that comes up with a compromise What's the compromise? I'm going to give him, but I'm going to, I'm going to give him not. In other words, if Yankiv doesn't ask for this, this is the Rebbe for Kutusichus, I think it's Chayel If Yankiv doesn't ask for this, Bikish Yankiv, I'm sure. Yankiv says, okay, life's good. 
He stays in Yisrael. Yisrael stays in Yisrael. Everything is wonderful. How do they get to Mitzrayim? I was going to go out on a limb and say it after Yankov dies. His children go to Mitzrayim. Because Bikish, he wants a shower that he deserves. And the world doesn't deserve. Says the Abish that, okay, we're changing the plan. Yosef is getting captured. Going to Mitzrayim. He becomes a vizier. He's going to bring his family to Mitzrayim. Bederach. Covid. What's going to be the end? Yankov is going to get his Bikish Bishalva. In Mitzrayim, says the Rebbe, Avale Idar Gisa. It's nine lines from the bottom of page Kuf Tzadibes. On the other hand, Hare Avshehutzach Yankev Leredes LeMitzrayim. Itaka went to Mitzrayim. In other words, it's not sitting in Yerushalayim and the light of the of Taylor reaches the whole world. They have to go to Mitzrayim. The common can be Mitzrayim Gufa. When he arrived in Mitzrayim, Hoyabira Shalei. Yankev didn't live in Galson Mitzrayim. Yankev's best by Echiga left. The best years of Yankev in his entire life were in Eretz Mitzrayim. He was in Geishen. was sent ahead of him. They made a yeshiva and so on and so forth. Five days in Nasa Abide, Becholet, Messiah, Bedelech, Mamela. Five lines in Nanavahain. She Yankim, Hutzrech, Rakhlede, Lamakam. Had to go there. Avosham Gufay, Abide, Bedelech, Manuch. So Yankim wants the higher Shalom. And the Abish that gives him the lower Shalom. That's the story. Yankiv is thinking, I'm finished with the first Madrega of Muhammad, with the Madrega of Muhammad, I'm even finished with the first Madrega of Shalom. Let's have Mashiach. And the Abishai says, No, I'll give you Shalom. But you're going to have to go to the place. In other words, the Abishai tells Yankiv, I'll give you the lower Madrega in Shalom. What's the lower Madrega in Shalom? You go to where the Muhammad is, and then you don't have to fight, you just shine light. The higher Madrega of Shalom, when you stay in your place, and the light radiates to the whole world, this Yankiv doesn't get. Look at the last line, Avalazid Lavi. When Mashiach comes, Yehabir, top of Kufta the Gimel now, but Derech Menucha Legami altogether peacefully. Vahainu Sheyihi Yehabir Bederech Memela LeLeitzerech B'Shachas Amamezbarer Klal. Not only is there a peaceful transcendence of the opposition, you don't even have to deal with him. You sit in your place and you shine a light. I want you to know the Rebbe says a million dikevort. A few places in this mind, he says we have two madregas of Sholem, two madregas of Muhammad. What's in the first Madrega of Shalom? Second Madrega of Shalom. First Madrega of Shalom is you have to go where the fight is and you have to shine a light. Second Madrega, you sit near the Shalayim. Says the Rebbe, you know what the difference is? The first Madrega of Shalom can only elevate Klippas Nega. Shalom, you have to kill. That's what a war means. Mashiach is going to come. You're not going to have a shaykh for the enemy whatsoever. And even Shalom, Klippas Nega's Lagamri becomes elevated. You don't get involved, and a light shines that's so bright and potent that it elevates the Sholish Klippus at Meis, which cannot be elevated. In other words, there's a very, very big difference. The two Madregas and Sholem, the difference is extraordinary. The first Madrega of Sholem, you have to go where the opposition is, and you can only uplift an opposition that's upliftable. The second Madrega of Sholem is you sit in your place. And when you sit in your place, you elevate the opposition, even the level of the opposition, which should not be able to be lifted up. Even from Sholish Klippus at Meis, Lagamri. So Yankiv, as they say in English, bites off more than he can chew. But his mistake is not in himself. You see, this is the word. The mistake is in the world around him. Yankiv thinks everybody is holding in his madregen. And everyone around him is not holding in his madregen. As a result, you have the effect that you have. So the Rebbe, Obirim What does it mean in Avoida? So the Rebbe said, There's two levels, war and peace. 
says the Rebbe Dehine Bishasa Eisik when you're involved in business Bishasa Chilashti eating and drinking Ha'avedi B'Derech Muhama any involvement in Gashmish is also to serve the Eibishter and it's a war why is it a war you could use it the shame Shamayim you could use it the shame Tai there's two levels level number one is you shouldn't eat more than you need to anything more than you need to is sleep level number two he says Alpi Derech Achasides even if you eat only what you need if you enjoy it neither shame Tai that's why sleep that's a Muhama it's a war. Now, Avol. Avol is the last word on the line. It's about 11 lines from the bottom. Avol, however. When you're learning Teira, it's peaceful. says, Rebbe, however, Like the two levels of defeating an enemy through peace, one is you go to the place of the enemy and then you defeat him peacefully. And the other Yibachlal don't encounter the enemy altogether. And what's the difference? Nigla de Teda and Pimius Ateda. Dehine, Belim, but Gali de Teda. When you're learning Nigla, Shinislaps, with Vadam Gashmim, you're directly dealing with the physical world. Hey, look, Shade is Velo Trefes. This is Kosher, this is Trefes. Teda does not get dirty, but Teda talks about dirty things. Kosher and Trefes. So it's Takesh Shalom. But it's Shalom that's involved in Kosher and Trefes. And if it's Trefes, you have to throw it away. You can't elevate it, right? Omnam, seven lines in the bottom. However, you learn Kabbalah Chesidus You learn Ruchnius. Five lines from the bottom. It causes Herverted. You're not fighting with the world. Head what? This is not Shaklavik about. What's the higher Madrega Pada B'Shalom? You're not dealing with the world at all. Navadan, his Kashros Halaymed Baasmos Amhus Ein Zavah. You connect yourself to the Eibush. That's it. The higher Madrega part of the Shalom, you don't fight. You connect yourself to the Ebesh to himself. And when you connect yourself to the Ebesh to himself, and the fact is, so there's no comfort. Three lines from the bar. If, if your level of learning, your level of engagement with the opposition is not by engagement with the opposition, but simply by learning, darkness isn't dark. You can see in the night just like in the day. And what happens now, you're not fighting with Klippa. If you're fighting with Klippa, this is kosher and this is treif. You're not even clarifying Klippa by studying it, this is kosher and this is You're connecting yourself to the Eibishter. When you're connected to the Eibishter enough, there's no such thing as treif. Everything is the Eibishter. V'edugmaladavar, he gives the first example, Achila Shtir the Shabbos. When you eat and drink on Shabbos, and you enjoy it, and you overeat, it's also Kedusha. <laughs> Turn to the last page. Says the Rebbe, Obeyven Kazeh, on such a level, who when you're Achil Ashtir, you're eating and drinking. Kenasim that Ezer bePnimis Ateira, when you're involved in Pnimis Ateira, even though you're eating with the wrong kavon and you're overeating, because you're not involved in food, you're involved in the Eibushteid, the beater is total. Says the Rebbe, Vezelgav Muskehaska. What's the lesson? The lesson is like you can you can you can struggle with the world. When you struggle with the world. There's different kinds of struggles. There's peaceful struggles. There's struggle struggles and struggles. Yeah? But there's another thing. What's the other thing? Connect to God. Everybody has to learn. The story of Hanukkah. No matter what you're doing. You're eating, you're drinking, you're playing, you're working, you're earning money. Normally this is a war. If you feel, while you're involved in the world, a true connection to the Ebishter, says the Rebbe Mitzadzeh from this level not only is there no Mulchama there isn't even an opposition 
the higher Madrege of Shalom, Shalom's Klebus at Meis Nagamri is transformed, because when you connect it to the Ebishta, there's no darkness. It says the Rebbe, this is the higher Madrege of Derech Menucha, Kameshia Liyasad Lavi. Zayashem. So what's the Pshat in the Fossil? Yankiv wants Liyasad Lavi. He deserves Liyasad Lavi. Because the people around him don't, he gets the first Madrege of Shalom. Which is Mavara Klipas Noiga, but Derech Sholem, but you have to go to the Klipa. The second Madrega of Sholem, again, Ershad where Mashiach comes, you sit in your place and it shines a light and it's Mavara, and you see Mitzvah Shem on Thursday, these two Madregas correspond to the victory in the war, which is the first Nesav Hanukkah, and the victory, the miracle of the Shemim, which is the second Nesav Hanukkah.